When Christy was in grade five, she was worried she might be infected by a virus. So she wrote about it in her diary. Dear diary, there is a disease outbreak. And today I discovered a few spots on my hand. I don't know if it is hand, foot and mouth disease or mosquito bites. That's Christy sharing her grade five health concerns. I'm Dan Meisner, and this, this right now is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. How are you doing tonight? It's very, very nice to see you. This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time, recorded live in Vancouver in partnership with One-to-One Literacy, we have budding romance in a fried chicken shop, sneaking a peek at adult videos, a Star Trek-themed Christmas story, and much more. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and, like the spots on Christie's hand, it's sometimes hard to tell exactly what this stuff means. So think about who you were when you were a kid, and stick around. For a lot of people, one of the hardest parts of being a teenager is navigating relationships with parents, arguing with them, rebelling against them, questioning their authority, and then hopefully, with some time and maturity, coming to the realization that parents are actual human beings themselves, with lives of their own. When Emily was 13, she kept a private diary, and at our Vancouver show, she shared an entry that describes a turning point in her relationship with her parents. A quick heads up, Emily uses a cuss word, which we do not bleep. She also acknowledges the existence of sex. There's your heads up. Live on stage, here's Emily reading an entry from the diary she kept at 13. And I'd like to dedicate it to my loving parents, who are here, by the way. (laughs) Oh. My. God. Help. It's now like 11.30, and guess what? My parents' room is on top of mine. (laughs) (laughs) And I heard their bed freaking squeaking. I quietly went up the stairs and opened the hallway door a few centimeters. I heard one moan and hurried back down to my bed. I went up just to make sure I wasn't mistaken, but I'm sure now that they were having fucking sex. (laughs) I mean, didn't I hear Dad snoring a little while ago? I mean, then I can hear their voices, then it goes quiet, then it squeaks like mad. This is just so wrong, really wrong. I mean, if they were having sex before, okay, I didn't hear it. Ew, this is changing my whole life. Ew, so gross, my own parents, ew and ew, and I heard it. This is so gross. Ew. It's now silent. God, why didn't you make me fall asleep sooner? 
help, I'm so grossed out. <laughs> then I actually heard the stair door close completely since I had left it open a bit. Don't they know the room is over mine and I can hear everything and it doesn't matter a bit if the door is open? Gross. <laughs> and then the next day I wrote, Dear God, sorry for my spazzing out last night. But I mean, it is bothering. Anyways, my mom was helping me the whole night for my science project. She's the best mom ever. I was so depressed and saying I was going to quit or skip, and so she helped me out for a long time. Then I heard Dad going on the bed or something, and I heard a squeaky noise. And I said to Mom, I hear so many noises. And she's like, on alert, what noises? So I'm like, like Dad, going on the bed just now. And I'm like, I'm so tired. I didn't sleep well last night. <laughs> and she's like, why not? And I say, I don't know. So she's like, occasionally, what time did you fall asleep at? I said, I don't know. I thought of saying around 11.30, but then it would have been awkward. Before going to bed, I asked her for earplugs, though. <laughs> Anyways, wish me luck and help me. <laughs> Thank you. Can we have a round of applause for Emily and Emily's parents? Poetry is always popular at Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids. And our next reader, Trisha, brought along a love poem she wrote when she was 16. She wrote it for a guy she had a crush on at the time, a guy who worked at KFC. And before she got up on stage, I asked Trisha, after you wrote the poem, did you share it with the guy? And she said, yes, I went to the KFC and read it to him. And tonight we are going to hear that poem. Please welcome to our stage, Trisha. Rendezvous with fried chicken. <laughs> On a Tuesday afternoon, I walk home from school. The thought of food makes me swoon. Damn, I better wipe away my drool. <laughs> Off to get fried chicken where it's finger licking good. Awaited by a crispy brown skinned vixen at a franchise in my neighborhood. <laughs> I skip down Fraser Highway, following my nose. I've got my debit card to pay, and my taste buds just froze. I open the door, I walk right in. I skip across the floor, but I trip over the garbage bin. I'm sprawled across the ground, embarrassed, out of my mind. Looking up, a helping hand is found. Together, our fingers are intertwined. I look at his face. My heart is at a breaking point. 
forget about the chicken chase. Him and I should kick this food joint. His eyes are captivating. He takes my order with pleasure. <laughs> forget about the damn chicken wing. I think it's time for some steamy leisure. He packs the food and adds in some thighs. <laughs> I was screwed as I stared into his smoky eyes. <laughs> his flippy Asian hair fell into his face. <laughs> But suddenly he was aware of the sexual tension in the place. He gave me a crooked smile and asked my name. We chatted for a while, feeding the passionate flame. The dream bubble popped. His boss came marching out, yelling that they were swamped, and he was a rude bully without a doubt. The Asian guy leaned in to ask a question while grinning like a cat. My heart pounded, waiting for his confession when he asked, Would you like fries with that? I shook my head while scrabbing my food and I sauntered out the door. I had been wooed and I felt real hardcore. <laughs> KFC was a real nice place and I thought that it was swell. Oh, and did I mention the Asian guy's name? It was the charming Miguel. <laughs> Next time I'll try a new place, somewhere with a Japanese bamboo tree. For <laughs> Forget about the chicken wing case. I think I've got a yen for sushi. Thank you. Trisha wasn't the only one who brought a poem to our Vancouver show. When our next reader, Crystal, was 16, she wrote a very short, very saucy poem for her mom on her birthday. This poem is called I Call Her Mom. You could call her a southern talking beauty, a skort wearing cutie, or even a pool hustler with a nice booty. You could call her strange or sort of nutty, who sometimes dresses a tidbit slutty. You might laugh when you hear this, you see. Well, she's the woman who gave birth to me. You could say she has the biggest heart and bestest smile. She'll make you laugh for the longest while. I love her with everything I got. That won't change never. Definitely not. Thank you. So we have fans in the room of the long-running franchise Star Trek. Yeah? Do we have fans in the room of the long-running franchise The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Well, then you're in for a treat because our next reader, Ryan, is going to share a couple pieces of short Fiction. One is a Ninja Turtle fanfic. 
And we are also going to hear a Star Trek-themed version of Twas the Night Before Christmas. <laughs> Written between the ages of 8 and 12, please welcome Ryan to the Grown Ups 3 Things They Wrote As Kids stage. Okay. Um... So in Ninja Turtles, if you touch an animal and then touch mutagen, you turn into a human form of that animal. And there was this guy named Ace Duck, and he had like this Air Force bomber jacket on, so I wrote his backstory. <laughs> okay. One day at the kids' petting zoo, the owner was trying to get a duck back in the cage. He got it in very quickly because he used to be in the Air Force. <laughs> On his way home, he passed by a river, and in it, he saw some green glowing stuff. He stopped the van and got out. He picked up the glowing stuff. Suddenly, he fell in it, and a big wave took him away. In the morning, he was not seen. <laughs> Meanwhile, the turtles were on their way to the all-night pizza parlier. <laughs> Last one, there's a rotten anchovy, yelled Michelangelo. <laughs> As the turtles ran to the pizza parlier... They heard something in the alley. What was that, said Leonardo. Let's go see, Donatello said. In the alley was Shredder, Bebop, Rocksteady, and 20 foot soldiers, all with guns. Just when they were about to kill the turtles, some foot soldiers were knocked down from behind. Everyone looked back. Just then the turtles attacked. Turtle power, yelled Leonardo. When the turtles were fighting the foot soldiers, Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady got away in the module. The foot... <laughs> it was their drill thing. <laughs> Uh, the foot soldiers are down, yelled Raphael. Let's see who this guy is, said Donatello. He's a duck, said Raphael. Ace duck, said the duck. Who was that metal-faced maniac? Like Shredder dude, said Michelangelo. <laughs> Would you like to join us, said Leonardo. Are they bad? Yes. Are you good? Yes. Then I'll join you, said Ace duck. <laughs> All right, and uh, not only did I get 30 out of 30 on this one, it, because my dad was the program director at the radio station, it was read on the radio in Kelowna. <laughs> so this is Twas the Night Before Christmas on the USS Enterprise. <laughs> Twas the Night Before Christmas on Stardate 2449. No ships in the sector, not even a sign. The phasers were hung by the holodeck with care in hopes that a Romulan would soon be there. When out in the sector, I heard a photon phaser and rushed to the bridge to see who was the hater. <laughs> I put on the on-viewer as, as, as quick as a flash and realized our ship had been hit by a blast. I was ready to shoot back when before my eyes, I suddenly realized there was nothing to despise. The ship in front of us belonged to the Federation, so we knew we had a friendly situation. <laughs> then the computer boomed out unauthorized entry, so down to the signal we sent some sentries. When they got to deck five, there was no one there, but a pile of books for the children lay there. Back at the bridge, hailing frequencies were on, and we could see who had beamed off and on. Now this all ties together. It's no mystery, for the man in the ship was a captain like me. He was all dressed in red, like a true starship captain, but he had a huge white beard unlike anyone. <laughs> <laughs> He had nine large reindeer that looked pretty tame, but to our surprise, he called us by name. Now William, now Data, now Wesley and Worf. On Beverly, on Jean-Luc, on Counselor and Jordy. <laughs> to Starbase 132, you will go to be safer. Romulans will be here to attack you later. And with a wink from his eye, from his face looking nice, he disappeared from view by a cloaking device. 
but he held some words before he was out of sight. A Merry Christmas to all, and to all, a good night. <laughs> Thank you. That was highly entertaining and deeply nerdy. Very nicely done, Ryan. Moving to a new place can be tough on a kid. Uprooting your life, leaving friends, switching schools. It's a lot of change all at one time. When Annalise was 14, their family moved from Australia to Canada. And at our Vancouver show, Annalise shared a private diary written just before the move. Please welcome Annalise to our stage. A quick heads up, Annalise uses some cuss words in their diary and acknowledges the existence of sex. Okay, please read if you're attempting to read this diary. You may be offended by the contents of this diary. It is your chose, weather, as in the weather. You read it or not, and it is your problem. I have told you not to read it, so do not get mad at me if you get pissed off, because I have told you. (laughs) December 29th, 1999. I slept at Krista's house. It was both her sister's and her dad's birthday on the same day. When Krista's mum had gone out to get Ashley's birthday present, and Krista's dad was at work, we went into her mother's cupboard to find the X-rated sex videos we had found before Christmas. (laughs) When Krista, Mark, and I were snooping for prezzies, there were three videos. We chose the top one. It was revolting. (laughs) There's a little side note here. The dick was massive. (laughs) And you saw cum come out. And the guy licked the girl's ass. (laughs) Yuck. (laughs) I can't believe people actually do that, and Krista's mom actually watches that shit. It put me off doing that kind of stuff. (laughs) We decided to put the videos away because they were too gross. I then found out how pretty Jessica is, and I can now see why Matthew Wishaw, my first true love, liked her. I mean, fully liked her, even when I was going out with him. It made me mad. Krista's mom invited me to stay over for tea, but all her family were going, and Krista didn't seem too keen for me to come. So I thought I would go home at 5.30. It worked out okay, though, because Taryn came over to pick me up. And when we got home, we went for a swim and decided that she would sleep over. Taryn is so much fun to be with. I had her so much. She is the person I will miss the most when I go, but I know we will always be friends because we are cousins. It was so funny. (laughs) It was so funny. After the swimming pool, we had a warm bath. Don't worry, we had our bathers on. (laughs) We had champagne glasses with Coke, although we would have preferred some champagne. And mini Toblerone chocolates and the phone. We tried to ring people, but no one was home. It was so funny, we just laughed and talked about girly things. We have always wanted to fill the champagne glasses up to the top and spill it all over ourselves. <laughs> and, we, and we kept farting in the bath. It was so funny. <laughs> um, 
Then we decided to lie on Mum's bed, and Mariella went psycho. We kept fighting in her face. It was so funny. <laughs> hee hee, hee hee. <laughs> Mariella and Stefan had to go to bed, so we got a few sparklers from Mum's cupboard and ran down the road with him. It was pretty fun. Then we got tired, so we decided to lie on the front on the tramp, but then we remembered that the trampoline was gone, so we lied on the grass and sang Pearl Jam Last Kiss. <laughs> it was so funny because we kept stuffing up. Then mum came home and spoiled our fun. She is such a bitch lately. <laughs> then we fell asleep in front of the TV. I didn't dream that night. Thank you. The acts depicted in the adult video were revolting, but farting in each other's faces, that was hilarious. Got it. Did anybody in class growing up have that assignment where you had to write an autobiography? So at, at the ripe old age of 11, Having done a lot of living, <laughs> Roxanne, in grade six, wrote an autobiography. We're going to hear it tonight. And what you need to know is that at the time, Roxanne was learning about equality, and there is a bit in her autobiography that has to do with foreign policy. Please welcome Roxanne <laughs> to the Grown Ups Who Thinks They Wrote His Kids stage. I like you. I like you not. I admire my mom because she is a wonderful, caring person. She is kind and sympathetic when something goes wrong. She is always helpful when a problem occurs, whether she is helping me with my homework or with a problem with my friends. She never judges people on their appearance. She is anti-racist, which is very good because I would not admire her if she was racist. <laughs> I dislike people like Aunt Bonnie, my ex-babysitter, because she used corporal punishment to punish children. <laughs> I don't dislike her anymore. That was a long time ago. She doesn't use corporal punishment anymore. She didn't use constructive punishments, so she wasn't helping the kids in her care very much. I also really dislike most white people in the olden days. <laughs> Only the white people who believed that whites were better than blacks are the ones that I dislike. I can't imagine how people could really think that your skin makes such a difference. <laughs> this is pet peeves. One of my pet peeves is when people do something wrong, but they don't understand that it is wrong. To be specific, I really hate what President George Bush is doing to Afghanistan. <laughs> I heard Bush talking on TV after they bombed Afghanistan, and he said, there is evil in this world, and we have to conquer it. If he wants to conquer evil, he could start by conquering the evil in himself. <laughs> he bombed Afghanistan, and he doesn't understand what he is doing is wrong. I hate evil. It really annoys me when I ask someone a question, nothing personal, and they won't answer me. If they don't hear me, that's okay. But it is very surprising if you're standing right in front or beside or behind someone and they can't hear you. They should at least be able to hear that you said something, even if they don't catch the exact words. I could definitely do without that in my life. 
Something that would really annoy me would be if someone were racist and they didn't have any intention of changing their ways. If they would agree to try and be nice and anti-racist, I would help them. But if someone was racist, I would just be so mad knowing that there are people in this world who can think that the color of your skin is so important. I'd like to change the world. I'd like to change the world by getting people off the streets. At least with Canada, I would like to fire Mike Harris and Jean Chrétien to elect people who support housing for the poor. <laughs> then we would make more houses for them like we used to before we got Harris and Chrétien. After we get everyone a house, they would try to find a job. Once they had their house, maybe they could help build more houses for others and they would get paid. In foreign countries like Afghanistan that live in poverty, I would like to help them get more money by adding extra taxes for everyone and all the extra tax money would go to countries like Afghanistan. <laughs> Especially for Afghanistan, I would like to get the Taliban out of power. It would be a happy thing to do, but, <laughs> but it would be difficult and it might include people threatening the Taliban. I think the Taliban deserve death for all the horrifying things they have done. <laughs> But I would just like for them to be taken out of Afghanistan and to be imprisoned. Thank you. Eleven-year-old Roxanne meant business one more time. That is grown-ups read things they wrote as kids. Our show was recorded live at the York Theatre in Vancouver in partnership with One to One, a children's literacy program. They're looking for volunteers in East Vancouver and Burnaby, and I've put a link in the show notes. Our show was produced by Jenna Meisner. Olivia Nashmi is our associate producer. Our music is by Poddington Bear and Lullatone. Our closing theme is Oh Dear Diary by Sloan. If you enjoyed this episode of Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids, tell somebody about the show. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening. room is on top of mine. <laughs>